and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Tim Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And it's another show. We're talking about how to pay off your own home mortgage using an investment property. And I got a really cool email from Jono. He says, I've got a small mortgage on my house. I've got a dual income rental property. They're both in Queenstown. And what I want to figure out is, is there a way to use my investment property to get rid of my personal mortgage? And is this going to be tax avoidance or can it be done legally? Now, Andrew, what's your take on this? Uh, so this is actually quite a common question. And as people grow a portfolio or their properties go up in value, it is very normal to restructure debt in this way. It's probably been less common over the last couple of years because of the interest deductibility considerations. So if you go ahead and do it now, you get no extra benefit. But assuming that we get a change in government and we get a change in tax policy, this will become very popular again. Cool. So it's pretty common for people to use their investment properties to get rid of their personal mortgages. So let's go through Jono's numbers. At the moment, he's got an owner-occupier. It's worth 1.1 million. And he's got a mortgage of 300k against that. So relatively small mortgage. So he's got $800,000 worth of equity. He's also got an investment property that's worth 1.3. Bear in mind, that's expensive or high value investment property. It's because it's in Queenstown. Bigger mortgage on that one, $800,000. So decent amount of equity in there as well. Now, Andrew, based on those numbers, if he was going to restructure that portfolio, what could he do? So it depends a little bit on how you're structured with the bank. But let's say that you've got two separate banks at the moment. You've used split banking and your investment property is with a bank that's away from your personal bank. You can lend up to 65% on your $1.3 million. So therefore your bank value or your maximum borrowing against that property is $845. Your mortgage is $800 at the moment. So you can increase it by $45,000, but it's hardly a meaningful amount of money for a restructure. Yeah, so the issue here is, again, if he's got two separate banks, he can't borrow that much more against his investment property to then pay off the mortgage. You see, let's say that his mortgage was way lower. Let's call it $545,000. Well, he'd then be able to borrow three hundred dollars extra against the investment property. The strategy is really simple. You borrow more against the investment property, the extra three hundred dollars you take that three hundred dollars and you use it to pay off the mortgage on your own home. Now, there are some things you've got to do for that to be legal and legitimate, but that's effectively what we're talking about if it's separate banks. But his mortgage is quite high, so he can't actually borrow a lot against that investment property if it's separate banks. Now, having said all of that, if you're with one bank and you've got cross-security, then it kind of doesn't matter as much. Then you are just restructuring. So your total bankable value at the moment, if you can do 65% against the investment, 80% against the owner-occupied, your total extra borrowing yeah, is about 625k. Yeah, 625k. So you have more than enough to be able to make this work. So this is an instance where sometimes split banking isn't the be all and end all. You might want to do that later on, but right now you could take your investment property mortgage up to the entire value of the property because you've got cross guarantees. So in this case what we're really talking about is increasing the mortgage on your investment property to 1.1 mil, that would mean you've got an LVR of about 85%, but you would use that to pay off the mortgage on your own home, and then you've got rid of your personal mortgage and your investment property mortgage is, is high. Now, let's be really clear. The total debt amount is the same. You've got the same amount of debt, but you've got rid of your personal mortgage. There can be some other benefits. 
depending on the situation as well. Now, from a cash flow perspective, because, of course, your investment property is likely to be interest-only compared to your owner-occupied mortgage, which might be principal and interest in a, sh- in a shorter term, given that it's relatively low, this could probably help from cash flow. And if you want to expand your portfolio, that's great. And assuming that we get interest deductibility back, then again, now you've got a far more tax-efficient structure as well. Now, let's talk about how to make this legitimate because you can't just go to your bank, borrow more against your investment property, use it to pay off your mortgage, and then have the IRD all be happy with it. What do we need to do to make this legitimate? So you have to have a legitimate transaction for this to occur legally. So the way you would do that is you sell your investment property. And when I say sell it, you're just selling it to yourself, but in a company, often a look-through company, or a trust. Now, if you have a change in entity, you have to sell it at market rate. So you'd sell it for $1.3 million. You would, again, borrow the $1.1 million. And then you would pay back both your investment property loan at the moment, plus your personal mortgage. But because you've had that transaction, that legitimizes what you're doing here. It's important to remember as well, you can't just sell your property to yourself through a look-through company or a trust for the purposes of paying less tax. That would be tax avoidance. But you can restructure your portfolio because it's the best thing to do to protect your assets, which might also have this benefit of making more of your mortgage tax deductible if the right circumstances were in place. For instance, if you're renting to social housing right now. Now, there is a bit of a catch. If you do that, so long as you're outside of Brightline, there's not going to be any tax implications for the for the sale that you're conducting. But if you're within the five-year Brightline and you get captured by that or the 10-year Brightline as it is now, then the profit you're selling it for, say you bought it for $1 million and you're selling it for one3 to yourself, you have to pay tax on that 300 k profit that you've made. So you really want to be careful that you don't trigger that bright line because it's just a restructure. The other thing is you've got to remember that that resets the bright line clock. So what I mean by that is now the bright line test is 10 years. So any sale that you make in the next 10 years under the current law would trigger bright line. Yeah, it's also important to remember there is something called rollover relief where there are ways around this. To be honest, rollover relief has always been very complicated. I've read a lot of reports about how it works. Still don't really understand that. So I just recommend you have a talk to your property accountant because even after reading a lot of IRD documents, I'm still like, I don't get when it applies. I'm sure some accountants don't get when it applies and what doesn't. I haven't seen anyone use it yet. Okay, so let's talk about what the pros of this would all be, because we're really talking about changing your borrowing structure, changing some entities, there are some pros, there are some cons. The first major pro that a lot of people go for is get rid of the mortgage on that owner-occupier home. And for a lot of Kiwis, that is a big goal. I want to have no mortgage on my own home. Now, if you did this the way that Andrew suggested with one bank, you've still got cross-security, right? So the bank still has a charge, I guess, over your house and could legitimately sell it if you decide to stop paying the mortgage on your investment property. But you're mortgage-free. And for a lot of people, that is a psychological benefit that they really aim for. In some cases, as Andrew said, you might be able to pay less tax. So let's say that this investment property was with a social housing provider. You were getting full deductibility from your mortgage payments. Moving that 300k from your owner-occupier to your investment at a 7% interest rate today at a 33% tax rate, you're probably looking at about $7,000 worth of less tax or $7,000 worth of tax benefits you get from doing that transaction. No, not today. 
Well, if it was to a social housing provider. Oh, sorry, sorry, yes. Yeah, yeah. So if it had full deductibility, yes, yes. if it had 50% deductibility, it would be three and a half grand. The d- difficulty with t- today's tax regime is it depends on what you're using the house for, when you purchased it, and all of those things. Of course, if there was no deductibility, there would be no benefit from a tax perspective. And then similarly, there may be a cash flow benefit if your owner-occupier is on principal and interest, and then you move it to an investment property that's now on interest only. But there are some cons around this as well. Yeah, so I think one of the big ones is that bright line. So if you purchase your property under the five-year bright line regime and you're four years into it, you probably wouldn't do that now because the properties likely have gone up in value and you have to sell it at market rate. So you can't say, oh, well, I'll sell it to myself at 800k because that's what I paid for it. If the IRD looks into that and sees that you've not sold it at a fair market rate, you will end up getting caught for that. So you need to make sure that you don't, A, trigger a bright line assessment, but then you also then, as I said before, reset that bright line clock. So one of my investors did this a few years ago, and now they want to sell a property, but they've reset that bright line clock. So we've got to work around those timeframes. Yeah, but selling it to yourself at the market rate today can actually be a bit of a benefit when it comes to bright line as well. Because if you purchased that property at $800,000, it's now worth one3 and you sell it to yourself. If you're already out of Brightline, as you said before, you're going to restart the Brightline clock. But you don't start the Brightline clock at $800,000, what you originally purchased it for. You now restart it at $1.3 million. So if you sell it in one year time and it's gone up by 50K, you're only paying tax on 50K rather than the 550K from when you first purchased it. The other thing is you may end up paying higher interest rates doing this because if you've got an interest rate of 2.99 because you're smart enough to fix it, the lowest rate for that five years, the 2.99, and you've now got two years left on that, your loan that gets transferred will be at today's interest rate. So it'll likely be 7%. And probably one of the last things I want to point out as a con is you do have to do a full mortgage application for this. It isn't just as simple as saying, right, I'm just going to move that loan over to a company. You have to set up the company. You have to apply for the mortgage under that company. And this will be a full credit assessment. Now, let's say you've changed jobs in the time since you took out your mortgage or you've started a business, you might not qualify for that total $1.1 million worth of lending anymore. And so therefore, you might not be able to make that work. There's also got to be some legal fees as well, right? Because now we've got conveyancing going on. We are selling a property to a new entity. Now, you've got to remember that your look-through company or your trust, while you might control it, that is a separate person to you. And so you are selling it to a separate entity, a separate person. It just so happens that you control that entity. So you're probably looking at a a sale and a purchase from a legal standpoint. You're probably a few thousand dollars there, plus probably about a thousand dollars worth of accounting set up. Yeah, it's not cost-free to do this. But tell us about somebody who's used this strategy, Andrew, and it's really worked. I remember Joy Emanuel, who we've had on the show before. They absolutely use this structure. I've done this with lots and lots of clients. And why do they do it? What are they hoping to gain out of it? So I do think you're right about that mental shift and having your personal mortgage paid off. Even though it's the same amount of debt, having that over your rental properties or having that structured differently and not having a personal mortgage is a real milestone for people. And often that will help them grow their portfolio even more because it does help from a cash flow perspective. And if the tax laws change, then there'll be some added tax bonuses as well. So that's not the only strategy to pay off your mortgage using an investment, Andrew. I remember some years ago, you created a calculator, which is actually quite good, really. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, (laughs) what that smug look off your face. What smug look? That one. (laughs) (laughs) So Andrew made a calculator years ago. 
about using investments to pay off your mortgage. And I told him it was a dumb idea, so scrapped it and canned that pretty quickly. It's probably on the website somewhere. But what's the strategy that you sometimes use with investors? Okay, so say you use the equity in your house to go and buy an investment property and you borrow 100%. You've got a 300K mortgage on your personal house and you've got 0% equity in your investment property to begin with. Well, if that property goes up by 5% a year, then its future value, and it works out to be 10 years roughly here, works out to be enough that you can sell your property and pay off your mortgage just by having growth in a rental property. And the way I'd always look at it is say, well, if you're topping up your rental property on average, say 150 bucks a week, you're going to pay off your personal mortgage faster using this strategy than putting that extra 150 into your house. Yes, yeah, so to be really clear, what we're talking about is buying an investment property, waiting for it to go up in value and selling it, you know, I would say reasonably quickly. I think 10 years is reasonably quickly in order to pay off your mortgage. And you're assuming here that it's going up by 5% a year, that it costs you a bit of money to sell. And, you know, here we say takes about 9.4 years on average, ignoring Brightline, which could obviously change soon. Now, there are some obvious risks here. The main one is that in terms of capital growth, you might not get 5% every year. Of course, there are some times in the market where I know in Wellington we talk about a lot. market was flat for about nine odd years. I think in Gisborne, property prices were flat for about 12 years last time I read the numbers. So just because you buy an investment property for 600k doesn't mean it's going to go up by 5% a year. Do you have an example of an investor who's done this strategy successfully? Yeah, lots of lots of investors that I've worked with have done exactly this. They've owned a property long enough to pay off their personal mortgage. Absolutely. So give me an example. Tim and Tina. The I don't just know. Make it up. I, oh, you're just making it up now. How am I supposed to know off the top of my head? We do seven podcasts a week. It's not a surprise to you that I'm going to be sitting here <laughs> I just asking thought I'd have you. to have their names. The question was, do I have some examples? The answer is yes. Oh, I've got some examples. I'm just not going to tell you what they were. Oh, I yes. don't know. I can't think of who the names would be. Yeah, okay. I think you're just making this up. I think this is a useless strategy. That's why, <laughs> that's why I canned the calculator. That's why I got rid of it all of those years ago, Andrew Nickel. Just to be clear, it's not a useless strategy. For some people, this will work. I imagine that for a lot of investors, you get into property, maybe not with the intention of paying off your mortgage this way, but it might end up happening that way if getting rid of your personal mortgage is really important to you. You know, especially if you're paying your personal mortgage off over, say, 15 years, you're going to be pushing it down, but this might be another way that you can help get rid of it. Rightio, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And Andrew and I, we are coming to Auckland, Wellington, and Christchurch at the end of October, start of November. If you want to get your tickets, opuspartners.co.nz slash tickets, or the link is just down in the description or show notes. listening to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the use of the property market. Until next time.